There are learnings on both sides that I think we have opportunity to do, to iterate and be more effective by iterating those learnings as part of our playbooks. Gainsight presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcasts. I am Adam Joseph, your host and the Senior Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. So one of the most hotly discussed and debated topics in customer success today is how you can effectively scale to work with different types of customers that you serve especially around what some people refer to as the long tail of low spending customers. So how to effectively scale your human resources in this area and leverage technology and automation through solutions such as Gainsight is going to be critical. And I've seen so many innovative ways that companies have approached this to help ensure that customers of all shapes and sizes get what they need to be successful and maximize their return on investment. And I'm delighted to say that joining me today to discuss this really important topic is Erica Tonis, Customer Success Executive Director at RD Station. Erica, a very warm welcome to you. Oh, thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So, Erica, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your role. I, I think this is the first time I've ever recorded a podcast with anyone from Brazil, so it automatically is, is going to go in my category of most exotic as well. But tell us a bit about yourself, your role, yeah, and the, the company. All right, sounds great. Yeah, so I'm very honored now. I'm double honored to be, you know, <laughs> representing my country as well in, in the podcast, and not only the company. So a little bit about myself, I have about 20, a little over 20 years of experience. I say that I started my career in customer success way before we called it customer success. It was on the, as we called it, account management, but mostly, you know, managing portfolio of customers and driving outcomes from, from base of customers, engaging customers early in their cycle, and then making sure that customers were engaged and kept seeing value on our solutions. So that was uh, early in my career at American Express, establishment services. And fast forward, here I am, you know, managing a, a team of about 150 people who deliver outcomes to our gestation comp- uh, customers today. So we have, we are a marketing automation SaaS platform. And I have the pleasure to be in the front of a team that manages professional services, delivers our implementation service. We have CSMs to work with our direct customers. We also have a CSMs who work with our partners. In our case, partners are our channel, the digital marketing agencies. And we also have the, our technical support team as part of this structure. 
Fantastic. And I think everyone who's worked in customer success for a while can relate to being called a whole multitude of different job title names before we all thankfully sat under the umbrella of customer success. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine just everyone working under the, the guise of an account manager. Or for me, I think my job title was a, a business executive consultant. <laughs> there yeah. are always a wide variety of job titles out there. Thankfully, we're all under the banner now of customer success. But at the time of recording this podcast, just a few days ago, we had Pulse Everywhere, kind of interactive live slash virtual conference where actually you presented alongside Mary Poppin at Glynn, a, a topic not too dissimilar from what we'll be discussing today. But how was presenting a, a Pulse Everywhere for you? And congratulations on your Game Changer Award as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This was a very special for us this year. You know, winning the award was not expected and the team so, so thrilled with this, this recognition. You know, it was a great effort last year from multiple partners of the company to quickly adapt and be there to support our team and our customers during the pandemic. So it was absolutely thrilling to, to receive this recognition from Gangsight. And it was also my first time presenting at the event. And we did it in a different format with the unplugged rooms. It was so fun. You know, I was able to co-host a session with Mary Poppin from, from Glint. We had had lots of conversations on this topic last year, and uh, it was just you know great to be there with her and uh, have a type of a session that is not like a, just a presentation. It was more of like an interactive session. We got lots of questions from the audience, and we were, were able to interact with them. So it was really, really special, you know, considering that we're still in this motion of online events instead of the in-person ones. So it was fun to, to be able to be there in a format where we could interact and uh, learn from each other during the session. Yeah, you know, fingers crossed it won't be too long before hopefully we're all together and doing it in person. But I, I know from the feedback that we've had and from what you said there, it was a really well-received presentation. And so I hope today's podcast will be a, a fair representation of some of the things you discussed, but also maybe cover some new ground as well. And as I mentioned in my intro, scaling customer success is really, really important because as much as we all want, we can't just keep hiring more and more CSMs. So we have to scale effectively. And one of the topics you discussed at Pulse Everywhere was this pooled model that you have. And some people might have heard of a pooled CSM model, others might not. So why don't we start off by when we say a pooled CSM, what exactly is this pooled CSM that we're referring to? Well, it's basically the, the CSM model and the way we have the, the concept of a team of uh, customer success managers who work with customers to drive, uh, to help customers, enable customers to get to the outcomes they're looking for. But instead of doing it in a dedicated portfolio model where each CSM has a portfolio of customers they are accountable for, in this pooled model, we have a number of CSMs that are accountable for a larger size portfolio. 
And so customers will be interacting with the different CSMs depending on the topic uh, that we needed to approach customers on. So it requires a lot of a preparation, setting expectations with customers, and especially, you know, leveraging systems like a game site to ensure that all critical information is there and that handoff is smooth. So every time a different person interacts with the customer, the customer gets the benefit they're looking for. So that sounds a really fascinating model, Erica. I can't wait to dive into it in more detail. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, what series of events or analysis led you to believe that the pooled CS model would be right for RD station? Did you have any initial targets or thoughts? What were you thinking there? That's a very good question. And it's also a common question we hear, you know, from folks in the customer success community. When is the right time to think about it? And what's the trigger? Right. So at, at RD Station, similar to many, you know, most SaaS companies, I would say, we started with the the full dedicated CSM model and a very high touch model with our customers. And we believe that is that is very important during early stages, you know, the beginning of uh, our company and uh, as we grow. So it allows us to have that closer interaction with customers, capture data and learn from it. Right. So through that process, we were able to have a good understanding of where we, we put effort and what type of effort and how we measure that effort in those interactions with customers that would drive the most beneficial outcome. Right. So customers were engaged, seeing value in our platform, growing and increasing willingness to renew with us. Right. So we captured a lot of that data during this time in this first couple of years where when we have the dedicated model. Then over time, as our base of customers kept growing and growing, it started becoming a challenge, you know, really delivering the benefit of the fully dedicated CSM model, you know, with the, CSMs that know about the customer that deliver that customized experience and balancing that as our base grows, as our, you know, CSM agents grow, as they move roles, as they evolve in the in the organization. So we needed to re- constantly be reviewing portfolios and changing, you know, moving accounts from, from one CSM to the other. So it was stressful for our CSMs, and we were getting feedback from the team during our internal surveys that they were feeling overwhelmed, that they had to engage with customers during the adoption phase, they drive renewals, advance customers in their journey. And then every time there was a change, they also had to do that handoff engagement with the customer and understand about that customer. 
So this overwhelming feeling was not good, was really impacting our organization. And for the customers, we were not delivering really that benefit of the dedicated model as we had almost 40% of our customers having to change CSM over the course of, of about six months. So that's what triggered us to, you know, we said this model is now working for this customer segment. So what we did is that for the segment of customers that are high complexity, you know, have a higher representation in terms of revenue and that we, we needed to deliver the true value of a dedicated CSM model, we kept the dedicated CSM model reducing portfolios. So for our top tier customer segment, our key accounts, we still have the dedicated CSM model. But then for you know the 70% of the, our base of customers, we move it to this pooled model with the first intent to deliver a better experience to our customers as we would be able to better distribute how we support them across our team of great CSMs. And we would also at the same time reduce some of that pressure, that overwhelming feeling that our CSMs were having. I mean, it sounds like a natural evolution of your CS strategy. And I can understand for all the reasons that you state, it, it makes a lot of sense internally. I know as, as some of my peers, one of the biggest challenges that they've had is they've gone about changing their CS model, as particularly for customers in this kind of long tail area, the 70%, as you refer to. How did you go about selling the benefits of this externally? And what, what was the reaction of customers as you moved them from a dedicated CSM to a pooled model? Was, they, was it universally positive? Was there some challenge there? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. We did a lot of benchmarking before we really went like to more of planning to implementation phase of this project. And we got some great insights from those benchmark sessions. One of them was, you know, that the team needed to be part of it. So as soon as we made a decision and we built the framework of the overall strategy, we brought the, the whole team in. The whole team of the coordinators and CSMs who were dealing with these customers to be part of this construction. And this was, I think, one of the key success factors because CSMs brought insights about, so first, they were super excited about this. They saw this as an opportunity for them to specialize and deliver a better experience to our customers. And then they helped us build a lot of the details to ensure the transition went as smooth as possible with customers. So that was one factor. Number two factor, you know, we are in the services world where it's hard to make benefits tangible, but we understood that it was really important as part of our communication strategy that we made as tangible as possible to customers, what would be the key benefit to them? And we grounded these benefits around specialization 
So that we were now transitioning to a service model where our customers would be supported by specialists, CSMs, according to the phase they were in their journey with us and uh, what they needed in that particular phase of their journey. So a specialization as part of the experience was a one benefit we made sure to communicate to our customers. And the second one was availability, that through this model, we would be able to be more available and be quicker to respond to their needs. So we built a communication strategy with our customers, very grounded in these two benefits. And then the third one was, you know, understanding that we had customers in different stages and, it, and some of them at a point in their engagement with us that wouldn't be a beneficial to do a transition at the same time. So acknowledging that we built a, a transition plan where we first rolled out our adoption pod. We're going to talk about pods, I guess, a little bit in a little bit. But we first started with one part of the of the journey of our service. And then in the following month, we transitioned the customers who were in other phases in their journey. And there was a set of customers that we set up a smoother transition. So, and this was CSMs were part of the process. So they indicated to us customers they believed there would be a risk doing this move faster because they were in a critical part of negotiation or implementation or, you know, changing something in the company. So for those customers, we set up to do the transition along between a four to six months period. I mean, it's such an interesting model. I mean, particularly around the area, and you, you referenced a few times about these different levels of specializations and having these different pods. I think you've got one around driving adoption, one around helping customers move from one part of their journey to another, and another focused on the renewal. And on paper, again, it sounds fantastic. You know, you've got this greater levels of availability, the specialism. If I'm playing devil's advocate, one of my concerns might be that as you bring, we have a saying here in the UK, I'm not sure if it translates internationally, but too many cooks in the kitchen. And as you look for greater greater levels of specialization, there's always that concern, that worry, that key bits of information falls between the gaps, customers not quite sure who they reach out to for what. How have you kind of countered that? Or indeed, is that does that fear ever come up from customers or is, is that me just being maybe a little too pessimistic on the model? That's a very good question and this was absolutely like the major risk that we had uh, mapped as part of this transition. So this is something we were very conscious about from the beginning. I'm not going to say it's perfect. You know, we'll, we'll always <laughs> have room is. for now. That is one thing we know for sure, right? We'll need to keep evolving and iterating and learning along the way. So, but the fact that we were conscious this would be a key risk and we had, you know, our listening systems really tuned to it was critical, as well as really working with the team on, on what we call app rigor. 
right? So we needed to make sure that all key information is captured. So in Gainsight, our CSMs have all the information they need in terms of engagement with our platform and how is customer usage going. But we also make sure we have the CTAs with a very well-captured information from previous meetings. And as part of the playbooks we built in this model, every engagement starts with a good rapport uh, with the customer on, on what, what was agreed with the customer in a previous interaction, where the customer is at, and how we see their, their usage going. So we build that trust. We continue building that trust in every interaction. So that was our approach to mitigate that risk. So ensuring CSMs understand how critical it is to capture all relevant information from every interaction in the CTAs and that they're as part of their preparations every time they're going to have a meeting with a customer that they review that information and that they build a summary of what they understand happened up until at this point with the customer so they build that trust in the beginning of the interaction as i said it's not perfect you rely on people following processes and uh, having that commitment to to go through every detail sometimes you know people fail and the customer is going to feel it we have a, a quality assurance process to ensure we can demonstrate to the team when things don't go as we plan, what's the impact of that on the customer, and we continue iterating along the way. Well, I, I think customer success has been an evolution anyway, right? And this is just one one part of it. You're always learning, repivoting, trying something new. And one of the things I love the most about doing my job is that actually trying something new, doing something different than what was once considered like the traditional way of doing CS is, for me, one of the most enjoyable parts of the job. But I'm intrigued, given I think you've had this model there for about nine months, if I'm correct. Is there anything as a result of all of the learnings that you've had along the way? Have you started to tweak or change the pooled CSM model at all? Or is it still too early to say and you're still rolling this out? Well, there are a couple of areas. I think the adoption part is the one that is, you know, we we had done a lot of effort on adoption in 2019. So we've been working on improving our approach and our playbooks on adoption for a while. So that naturally, that part is the most mature one. We keep, you know, tweaking, especially how we balance our one-on-one interactions during that phase of the journey with also one-to-many, you know, webinars dedicated to customers in, in that part. But as I said, for the most part, that this is the most mature one. On the empowerment pod, our challenge is, well, from two perspectives. One is balancing responding to customer needs. So as customers raise their, uh, raise their hands, you know, asking for a meeting, 
for a particular reason, whether, you know, the champion has changed in the company and they need us to engage with the new champion or they're going to start doing something in their marketing strategy and they want the CSM to support them on that. So the customer, you know, send us a request for a meeting and how we balance that with our proactive triggered outreaches based on uh, proactive risk assessment or really our triggers to advance customers in their journey. So that that is not, you know, we, we needed to reiterate a little bit, balancing all those things out, you know, reacting to customers' requests tended to, to kind of triple the proactive outreaches triggered by us. And so balancing that is one thing that we didn't uh, kind of crack at that code yet. And in the renewal pod, there's also, we also have a rescue team, a team that works on with customers that requested a churn. And those two CSMs are, uh, are under that same umbrella of the renewal pod. So the rescue team, as well as the team that do the proactive outreach leading up to renewal phase. And there are learnings on both sides that I think we have opportunity to do, to iterate and be more effective by iterating those learnings as part of our playbooks. Well, I'd be fascinated to see if we can, you know, hopefully we get a third series of these podcasts. And I'd love to, as we get into 2022 and beyond, to see how it's evolved further and how you've taken some of the learnings from today to change the model. But really interesting discussion, Erica. Thank you so much for your time. I, I highly recommend if you weren't able to join Erica and Mary's presentation at Pulse Everywhere that you, you take a look at that. But thank you for your time today, Erica. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure all of our listeners have as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Adam. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope the, that you, the audience of this podcast see value on, on our discussion today. It's always fun to talk about customer success models and what we're learning in our in our journey here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to StudioPodSF.com.